Today is Wednesday, September 13th. The title for our devotional is The Moral Law in the Bible. Yesterday, we spent some time simply reflecting on the obvious existence of the moral law. Of course, this principle is taught all throughout the Bible, and really, it is intrinsic to the message of the gospel. We'll talk more about that tomorrow and next week. For today, let's simply look at the scriptural teaching on the reality of the moral law. I've preached a few times on this passage in the last year or so, so I'll not linger here. In Genesis 2, God gives Adam and Eve one prohibition. Genesis 2, 16-17, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Blessing. But you must not eat, prohibition, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. In the midst of abundant provision and blessing, Adam and Eve are tempted and they fail to uphold this one simple law. Obedience would have led to life. Disobedience ends up leading to death. They chose to define good and evil for themselves. Notice the language there. It's moral language. Apart from God's definition of good and evil. The assumption is that God will teach early humans right and wrong in his timing. He is the source of moral authority. The humans, however, reach out and take it for themselves. This is a picture of the people of Israel entering into covenant relationship with God in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's read all the verses 11 to 20. Now, this is Moses talking to the people of Israel before they enter the promised land. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up to heaven so that you have to ask, who will ascend to heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea so that we have to ask, who will cross the sea and get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it? No. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God graciously reveals to the people of Israel how they ought to live in the Mosaic Law. These are summarized in the Ten Commandments. I am limiting this just to the commandments without the description of them. For time's sake, feel free to go read all of Exodus 20, 3 to 17, really 1 to 17. It says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. In the book of Judges, the indication of the corruption in Israel is the repeated phrase, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Instead of following the laws of God, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, as Judges 17.6 says. Jesus will later summarize the 613 laws of the Mosaic Law, the law of God, 
further in the two greatest commandments. In Matthew 22, 36-40, we read, uh, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So if you thought following the Mosaic law was hard enough, Jesus even takes the law deeper into a matter of the heart or our inner life in the Sermon on the Mount. He makes violation of the law an internal thing, not just an external action. Matthew 5, 21 to 22. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, this is in the Mosaic law, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, so this is Jesus setting himself up as the authority, the ultimate interpreter of the law, that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Again, Jesus moves the violation of the law from just the actions that we do to our inner life and our heart. And the New Testament epistles are full of moral imperatives as well. Ephesians 5, 1 through 7, Paul writes, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Okay, so today I just wanted to reveal that there's a lot of oughts in the Bible, uh, and it's quite clear that these oughts originate in God, not in ourselves, as autonomy would have us believe, and not in some fuzzy notion of human flourishing or utilitarianism, greatest good for the greatest number. The moral law originates in God. It is the law of God.